0: Welcome back, Dad, uh, to the Father and Son Pastoral Podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're already on podcast number eight from the Jesus Said That series, uh, looking at every word Jesus spoke in the New Testament. I'm excited about today's podcast because we're going to look at Jesus' talk with Nicodemus, which is taken from John 3, 1 through 21. Um, For those who are listening, I am Pastor Kenny Burge, Jr., and I'm joined by Dr. Ken Burge, Sr.,
1: Good to be with you uh, today. I'm excited as well. Um, All the words of Jesus are priceless, but this account has resonated with people through the ages. So looking forward to uh, joining you in this uh, quest. Uh, Let me just uh, toss out uh, our main question, and this is so relevant to all born-again believers. How did Jesus talk about spiritual things to unsaved seekers? Uh, we need to know how to lead into um, a discussion with the lost. We're going to get uh, a lesson from the master that is actually broken down by three sections uh, today. And just before you begin with verse one, it's just interesting. 225 sets the stage here because Jesus knew what was in man, and here comes a man. Yeah.
0: And and I always think today— uh were very much into philosophy in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. That's always how-to books, do this, yeah. do that. Where I think sometimes it's like, let's just go to the word. Mm-hmm. And what did Jesus do mm-hmm. when an unsaved seeker came to him? That's right. So uh, let's, let's get to it. Uh, yeah. Verse one, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Uh, it's important to notice he's a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Uh, people see Pharisees very differently depending on media, depending on what they read, yeah. what they listen to, so forth. But the Pharisees were simply a Jewish political party, mm-hmm. and they were very conservative, Yeah, but almost to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were focused on purity and keeping the law of Moses, which was good, and they appeared around 150 BC, mm-hmm. and they made a huge impact on Israel. Yeah. Um, as we will see, though, their main problem was that they embraced the oral law, and made it the same as the law of moses which came from god now as we both know uh, jesus didn't live in a vacuum mm-hmm. he was surrounded by political parties much mm-hmm. like we are today think, yes and uh, they influenced his life greatly mm-hmm. uh, some of these parties would be behind his death um, some of these parties would try to destroy the church mm-hmm. some of these parties many people in these parties would end up joining the church so a lot of dynamics so a lot of politics going on Mm -hmm. so really quick we're just going to touch on the six political parties back then Mm -hmm. because it kind of gives you the framework it helps you think what was jesus's life like what what did he have to deal with um we start with the pharisees Mm -hmm. like i said earlier they had a lot of good qualities they believed in the entire old testament yet they treated their man-made oral law Mm -hmm. the same as Scripture.
1: Yeah, the actual origin of the word is interesting. It's a good word. It's separatist. I mean, we're to be separatists. God has called us to be holy before the foundation of the world, but they took it to an extreme. Just uh, Jesus' statement in Matthew 15, 3, his question, why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? Of course, elevating the tradition uh, to the same status,
0: as the bible and that's where christians i feel like getting a lot of trouble today yeah they look so much at tradition mm-hmm. instead of what does scripture say exactly. so we see the pharisees then we have the sadducees this mm-hmm. is a i would not want to be part of this party <laughs> um <laughs> they were they accepted only the beginning the first five books of the bible mm-hmm. or, and rejected the rest of scripture they loved the pentateuch but the prophets and all they're kind of like eh, mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. accept that as yeah. being authoritative they also rejected the idea of the resurrection. Yeah. So I don't know why I would join a religion that once I die, that's it, I'm gone. <laughs> it's like then, then why am I here? Right. But uh, that's why Jesus and they wanted Jesus, and Jesus wanted them over the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And we'll later see that Paul <laughs> will use that to his advantage because yes. the Pharisees and Sadducees fought about that. Right. Um, however, they were part of the ruling elites. Mm-hmm. Um, they had political responsibilities and they were connected with the temple. So, more than likely, they were friendly with Rome because they were afraid that Rome could take away their power, yeah. their ruling power. Then we have the Zealots, a Jewish religious party who believed that allegiance was owned only to God mm-hmm. and anyone who opposed the God of Israel should be punished. Mm-hmm. When we say punished, not reprimanded, killed. (laughs) (laughs) They hated the Romans and were known to assassinate both Jews and Gentiles. So they were religious fanatics. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, they had some good ideas. You know, God is the only true God. But then they really didn't do love your neighbor.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know, We're not permitted to annihilate (laughs) our uh, competition. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so then you had the Zealots. Then you had the scribes. And they were the educators. Mm -hmm. They were the ones who knew how to read and write, and they understood the Jewish laws. Um, They were associated, therefore, with the elites Mm -hmm. of society. Um, Who needs people to read and write? Those who need to train their children, Mm -hmm. those who want to know the law. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they were referred to as lawyers. So when you're reading the Bible and it talks about lawyers, Um, think about scribes. That's right. These guys knew the Bible. Mm -hmm. Then you had publicans, also known as tax collectors. Uh, They charged tolls and taxes on behalf of the Romans. Uh, They were private government subcontractors. They were famous for cheating people and were viewed as sellouts. So not a very popular class, but very rich. And isn't it intriguing
1: when Jesus chooses his 12, uh, we get Simon the zealot Mm -hmm. and we get Matthew the publican. And I always wondered if Matthew uh, slept with one eye open (laughs) for a period of time there. I probably would have knowing Simon was just uh, around the corner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... Uh, it's, from my research, it's fascinating that publicans or tax collectors, they're not really talked about badly outside of scripture. Yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of an interesting fact. It's really scripture that we see
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, the truth that people just hated tax collectors. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, who likes tax collectors to a degree? I mean, maybe that's the wrong motive, but a lot of people, yeah. anyone who comes and takes your money and cheats you, um, people generally don't like. That's true. Then our last group is the Herodians. Uh, this was a Jewish political party that embraced uh, Herod's dynasty, mm-hmm. thus they were pro-Rome generally. Mm. So all of these groups are after each other, yeah. fighting with each other. You know, in America, we have two major political parties. So, um, imagine having four, five, six of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. major ones. Yeah. So uh, a lot's going on. So with all of this going on, mm-hmm. we see that Jesus just went into the temple, cleared it out. And he's starting to get a name. Who is this guy? Yeah. Who's this 30-year-old guy with a bunch of ragtag followers who has the audacity to come into the temple and clear it out. That's right. So it said in verse 1, There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. What does it mean that he was a ruler of the Jews? Or how would you define that?
1: That is good. He was uh, a member of the Sanhedrin, uh, roughly, Speaking, it would be like our Supreme Court today. There were seventy uh, of them, and in seventy-one, uh, when you brought in the High Priest, and uh, they ruled over the uh, Jewish body, so they had great power and authority. So when Nicodemus comes, uh, he is uh,
0: part of a very uh, powerful uh, group in Israel. Yeah. So. When you think about it, it would be like a Supreme Court justice showing up to a pastor's door. Exactly. In very layman's terms. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's what we have here. So here's this elderly, we would believe elderly, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Yeah. And he's shown up because he saw what Jesus did.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah.
0: Um, I think there was an attraction always to Jesus by both his enemies and his friends I that agree. he was somebody. Yeah. Um, they didn't know who that somebody was, but a lot of people are like, this guy's somebody. Mm-hmm. He's either the worst rebel, he's demon-possessed. Yeah. Or he's Messiah. Yeah. So, we come to the first part of this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, and it's the Scripture says, "This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. I know. Notice we. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. more than one. It's That's not just right. Nicodemus. That's right. Good point. For no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Mm-hmm. A lot of sermons have been written that. Nicodemus is the scared old man who's afraid to come and talk to Jesus. And it's possible, it's Mm. true, but if you want to talk to a busy preacher, a busy rabbi, you go at night where you can just sit down and say, let's talk. Let's hash this out. And it looks like that's what's going on here. So he meets with them. There's no
1: no condemnation. I mean, because he came by night. And this isn't the first uh, and only time the reference by night occurs. Uh, Later in chapter seven and verse 50, then 1939, each time as Nicodemus is identified, he came by night. But I'm I'm, uh, leaning in the same direction as you that Jesus would have been so enormously busy. Also, I'm sure uh, Nicodemus didn't want to draw yeah. undue attention mm-hmm. to himself. He's representing others clearly, as you pointed out, I think astutely the word we. And so it's it's very uh, intriguing uh, that he comes at night. I think it's a good strategy mm-hmm. to have more time with uh,
0: the busy Jesus. Well, I, I know that from talking to people, try to meet someone in the middle of their work day. Yeah. You know, and people are now starting to come to Jesus to heal, it appears. Mm-hmm. So um, notice that Nicodemus... And this is a theme we're going to see. Mm-hmm. He was impressed by what he saw. Yeah. Um, and Jesus is going to later always have to keep pointing to the spiritual, not yeah. the physical. But Nicodemus was impressed by Jesus's signs yeah. he had performed, and that's going back to John two twenty three, which says, mm-hmm. "While he was in Jerusalem at Passover festival, many trusted in his name when they saw the signs he was doing." Mm-hmm. So. It appears that it was those signs that really drew him. And then Jesus replies, "Truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm. And this is going to throw um, mm-hmm. this is going to throw Nicodemus for a yeah. loop. Uh, uh, Dr. Ken Gangle, I have a quote here that I really liked. It says, Nicodemus was rich. He was highly educated. He was interested in spiritual matters. He had a solid grasp of Old Testament scripture, but he knew something was missing in his life. Yeah. Nicodemus demonstrates that religious training without spiritual insight is useless. Yeah, I and mean, how much of that do we see? People can quote facts and figures, but really don't have a clue. I had the uh, privilege to sit under uh, Ken Gangle uh,
1: at Dallas uh, Seminary, and he was he was a, a, a precious man. He really was. And he captures here exactly um, what's going on. And I think Jesus's um, movement here takes the rug and totally pulls it out from under Nicodemus. How shocked he must be when he says, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, uh, he cannot see uh, the kingdom of God. Let me just take a moment because uh, the word, again, uh, the adverb here is intriguing, uh, because all other times that is used in John's gospel in three seven, thirty one, nineteen eleven, and twenty three, uh, it has the meaning of uh, from above, from above. Uh, here, it has the nuance of, as is translated well, again, uh, because when you come to the very next verse, uh, a second time with the birth means again. Uh, so it's a, a play on words that you need to be both born from above and born a second time. And only Jesus could do this so well.
0: And we see at that time yeah. that the Jews were very into their works. Yeah. Um, yes. Misunderstood a lot of Abraham. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And the forefathers, Mm -hmm. and they relied mostly on the righteousness of their forefathers and their own righteousness. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, you must be born again, he's like, well, what are you talking about? Right. Um, So Nicodemus comes, and this is the important point that I really want to stress throughout this conversation. Nicodemus the Pharisee is obsessed with physical things. Mm -hmm. We're going to find that with seekers. We find that with people who come to us. Um, they're generally obsessed about the physical and cannot comprehend the spiritual. Yeah. So here's a guy who he obsessed over learning, doing good works, and studying the law. All these are excellent things. Mm-hmm. But his religious sect had taught him to do these uh, things for physical blessings. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus is focused on the physical, not the spiritual. So I find this is what we as Christians have to do and what Jesus set the example for He's gonna redirect Nicodemus using earthly or physical illustrations to point to the spiritual. And Nicodemus says, I know you're from God because of the signs I have seen. Mm-hmm. His focus is on fleshly things. Yeah. Jesus says, to see the kingdom of God, you must be born from above. Um, obviously Nicodemus does not understand at this point. <laughs> what, a, what a contrast because yeah. we're surrounded by the prosperity gospel. Mm.
1: what's the attraction well there's an appeal to even the lost that it's all about the material and and Jesus has just the opposite emphasis here and it's important for us uh, to note he'll take care of us with the material because we seek first the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. all these things be added to Mm -hmm. us but he's trying to show Nicodemus here the the greatest need of mankind Mm -hmm. and that is to be
0: born a second time or born from above So, Nicodemus, and I wish we could tell the tone here because we can't. Yeah. Was Nicodemus generally just confused? Mm -hmm. Was he being humorous Mm -hmm. with this next statement? Was he sarcastic? We don't know. But he says, how can anyone be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Mm. Obviously, Jesus uh, Nicodemus doesn't understand the concept, right. but he he has this question. Hey, I can't go back into my mom and right. be born again. You know, she's probably dead at this point. So Nicodemus is focused on the physical. Exactly. So Jesus is going to point to the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Jesus answers, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mm. Jesus tends to make, not all the time, but he tends to make things as simple as he can yeah. when explaining or giving an illustration. Right. Um, this is, he's not using like mysterious parables here. He's yeah. really just trying to explain to this theologian what's going on. So, he's going to compare earthly or fleshly to the spiritual. Now, if I had a dollar for every commentary I read that tried to explain what being born of water is... Um, I could spend all day on that. You just read my (laughs) mind. You just read my mind. I was thinking exactly. I remember I had to write a paper
1: on this in seminary. And it was amazing. Everybody covered... Uh, thoughts and theories except for taking the simplicity of the text at face value. You had those, well, the water is uh, the word of God, Ephesians 5, 26, or baptismal regeneration, uh, or some spiritual washing from like John 7. And when the plain sense makes perfect sense, seek no other sense. I think it's very clear He's given a human analogy to oh. make a, a to draw him to the kingdom of God. So yeah. you've got um, the contrast: born again, uh, water, uh, being how someone is born physically Basically. into the world. And you know, you're a you're a daddy now with three, oh. and this is more recent to you than me. Although no. I had my catchers mid out to get you and uh, your two brothers. You just happen to have uh, daughters, <laughs> so I don't know if you use a bonnet <laughs> or what you use there. But um,
0: you you understand what it means to yeah. be born when you're of born water. of water. You know, people try to spiritualize it, but I yeah. think, and I think it seems very clear from the text. Yeah. It's just talking about being, coming out of the womb. Yeah. Like you said, I've seen three children born. It's nasty. <laughs> in all honesty. I mean, you're there, you're there to support your wife. Right. But it, it, it's not fun to watch. I mean, I didn't pass out or anything, but it's just like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of gross. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's very, if you're in the medical stuff, you know, you love it, but- as a father who's not, it's like yeah, it's just what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. But um, they all came out of water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they all came out of water. Yeah. So every single human on earth has been conceived and born in water. So in the same way, a human must also be born of the Holy Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. So it's a simple analogy. You're it, born of water. You know, you come out of your mama's womb. Yeah. And then you're born from above, or you're born by the Spirit. Yeah. And you have to be born by the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Simple analogy: whoever is born of flesh is flesh, mm-hmm. and whoever is born of Spirit is Spirit. Okay, we didn't make that up. <laughs> That's right. what Jesus says. That's right. Uh, fleshly things cannot make themselves spiritual, for they are fleshly. Mm-hmm. You know, when my my daughter's son came out, they weren't seeing glory, hallelujah. They weren't saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were fleshly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just they're born in sin. That's right. And a man must be born from above via the Spirit to be born of the Spirit. Once you are saved, then you can understand the things of God. You enter his spiritual kingdom, and then one day is physical. Um, So Jesus says, do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. So Jesus always kind of loops back. So he said, you got to be born again. But he's going to use another illustration. Mm -hmm. I'll let you explain this after I read it, since you're the Greek and Hebrew guy. Hopefully, you're not reading Hebrew here. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> but uh, let me go ahead and read this. Sure. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but mm-hmm. you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So, can you explain that wordplay? Yeah, with it's us here?
1: well done in the translation here because the word for wind is pneuma. And it's the same word that's used for spirit. But the context will determine whether you're talking about just a breath, if you will, the wind, or if you're talking about a spirit, as if the human spirit, Mm -hmm. the word is used, or whether it's the Holy Spirit. So clearly, uh, Jesus has given a play on words here, but taking something that is common Mm -hmm. to mankind, because we can understand the wind. You can't see it, but you can hear it likewise is how the spirit of god works and we know he's going to convict the world of what sin righteousness mm. and judgment uh so it's a it's a masterful uh word play that our lord
0: uses no mm. wonder why he mesmerized the crowds oh. when he taught and <laughs> once again it's just uh physical spiritual that's it you must be born again you're yeah. born from you know, water from your mama's yeah. womb or mother's womb. Yeah. And then here, once again, it's, you know, physical. You can hear yeah. the wind, but you can't see it. Yeah. And then it's the same with the spirit. Right. You, you can see its acts, but, you know, you can't literally, you can't literally see it. Mm-hmm. So the word plays something like this. The works of the spirit is invisible and cannot be seen, mm-hmm. just like the invisible wind. Uh, we know it's there, but it just can't be seen. Exactly. So the first part of the conversation, Nicodemus says, how can a man be physically born a second time? Focus is on spiritual things. Yeah. Jesus responds. And once again, this is how we talk to speak uh, seekers. Mm-hmm. You must be born of the spirit to be born from above. Yeah. Jesus is redirecting to mm-hmm. spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this brings up the second part of the conversation in which Nicodemus is confused. How mm-hmm. can these things be? Yeah. yeah, I love his honesty, though. Mm-hmm. He's not like so many people we run across in scripture who just yeah. try to cover themselves. He's like, yeah. how can this be? And Jesus, I think, takes a poke I agree. here at Nicodemus. After all, he's God. Yeah. Um, and he says, are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's this old guy talking to this young guy, and Jesus knows he doesn't really understand. Yeah. Um, In my research, I found that the Pharisees referred to themselves as teachers of Israel. Yeah. They were the teachers of Israel. They were so spiritual. And it is intriguing that here mm-hmm. you have the article. So Jesus
1: literally says, are you the teacher? <laughs> uh, so he, Jesus seems to be stating that Nicodemus has this reputation as maybe the ultimate teacher. Oh. And again, before someone can be born again, what has to happen? They need to be humbled. It's no. all of us because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I think in Jesus's... Uh, desire to see this man be born again, of course, he has to produce some humility yeah. to show him the need and that who he's
0: uh, Nicodemus is standing in the presence of deity. Uh, yeah. So, and then he says, uh, Truly, I tell you, this is verse 11 mm-hmm. we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. Jesus jumps from the I to the we here. yeah, very okay. interesting. yeah. Now, we have many politicians who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sometimes speak like this, mm-hmm. but when Jesus does it, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems clear from context, the we speaks about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. they were working together sure. to fulfill the Father's will. Um, Jesus had been baptized. He had been filled with the Spirit. It was on him. Yeah. And he's saying, we are testifying, but you, mm-hmm. probably speaking more of Israel in general yeah, at this point yeah. uh, do not accept our testimony yeah. so Jesus was speak, speaking and teaching in unity with the Holy Spirit you know, many people did not believe them and that would lead to the unpardonable sin yeah. at that point if you reject you know Jesus is teaching and then they're saying you know he has a demon in him mm-hmm. I mean if you're saying the Holy Spirit is the devil a demon um, how are you going to be saved so and but, a testimony
1: yeah. I mean it's Jesus and the Spirit, but later in John, in chapter five, uh, John is going to enumerate all the people that gave witness. You know, John the Baptist, the Old Testament prophets, and on and on and on. And, on. and then what happened? You know, Jesus came to his own. I think, as you yeah. aptly point out here, the Jewish people and his own did not receive yeah. him. So they they have here the witness of deity, but then they've had a long line of witnesses right. throughout
0: the ages. And we see that his miracles were performed via the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So at this point, he is, obviously, he's filled, Mm -hmm. but he's also doing miracles at this time. So when people are rejecting him, they're rejecting both his words, his testimony, and also the Holy Spirit's testimony, and ultimately the Father's testimony. Exactly. Who sent them. So in verse 12, he says, If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Jesus is basically saying that Nicodemus can't understand the illustrations he gave mm-hmm. using things like being born out of water, mm-hmm. most people still don't get, or the wind blowing. Yeah, um, How is he going to understand the more complex spiritual mm. aspects? Um, and then I really like Jesus is just showing his deity here. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended yeah. from heaven, the son of man. Mm. Uh, once again, Jesus, he told Nathaniel, "Hey, I'm that ladder between God and man." That's we right. remember that, you know, he's yeah. the mediator. He goes between us. So Jesus, who's the eternal Son of God, can give testimony of heavenly things. Why? Because he came down from there. That's right. Now we don't understand obviously the whole God-Man aspect because mm-hmm. Jesus, the physical body, mm-hmm. wasn't up in heaven, right? But the the God stuff, for lack of a better term, that he's fully God. He was up there. Yeah. He knows what it's like to talk to the Father. He knew perfect harmony with the Father. And we can't overemphasize one or the other. <laughs> you know, right. we can't say he's ninety nine percent man, one yeah. percent God. He's fully God, fully man. So he can speak with authority because he has experienced heavenly things, for he had lived there from eternity past. Um he created everything. That's right. So here he is is saying, Hey, I can tell you about these things because I've actually been up there. Yeah. Um or earlier in John one
1: eighteen, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And yeah. declared literally could be translated, he has exegeted him. Mm. He came to really fully express who yeah. the Father is. And it's as you said, well, uh, Jesus had been there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... So in the second part of the conversation, yeah. Nicodemus says, I can't understand these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the earthly mind can't understand. Seekers cannot understand yeah. spiritual things. That's right. Jesus says, I come from heaven. I know these things. Mm-hmm. He was there. That's right. So Jesus redirects him to the spiritual things. Now, the final part of this conversation, this third part, um, you could even say the most profound part, is a short discourse yeah. which will unlock the mystery mm-hmm. of what it means to be born again. That's right jesus will explain to nicodemus and i i like this time he meets nicodemus where he's at right he's going to explain again in simple terms but using biblical history That's right something nicodemus can understand mm-hmm. um, and jesus says just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness mm-hmm. so the son of man must be lifted up mm-hmm. and this is from a numbers 21 Mm-hmm. We remember the Jewish people were um, dying of snake bites while they were That's fussing, right. complaining, mm. like always. Yeah. And uh, God provided them a symbol of faith, a snake, which was the symbol of their suffering, Yeah, uh, on a cross. If they looked at the cross with faith, they would be saved from death. Right. Those who rejected, they would die. Um, sounds an awful lot like the gospel story. <laughs> it sounds I mean, true. I don't know how clearer it can be but we have to understand this time and point in history jesus had not been crucified yeah so it really seems like he's given nicodemus a sign
1: yeah
0: um in the future nicodemus would know that jesus was hung on a cross and died for the sin of the world and uh, he would be one of the people who would get jesus's body Mm -hmm. but all people who looked at the son of man on the cross would be saved yeah so a a beautiful parallel exactly so so why would the Son of Man be lifted up? And that's what Jesus is mm-hmm. gonna explain. So that everyone who believes in him may have eternal, eternal life. life. Yeah. In other words, they would be born again. Yeah. Jesus just explained to be how to be born again by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Um, he then goes into much more detail uh, in John three sixteen, Best known verse in the Bible, I'd say. Wow. Um, I'll read this, and I know you have some comments you sure. want to make on it. Uh, for God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only Son, mm. so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life.
1: Working through uh, Bible books, one of the things that has intrigued me through the years is finding the first time a keyword is used in a book. And for, let me and, just, uh, go uh, ahead, just explain this. Please uh, go ahead.
0: For those who don't attend Coleman Remainer Bible Church, uh, Dad always goes through a book. Yeah. Uh, you always preach. You might do a series here or there, but you generally will go through one book from start to finish. Yeah. So um, when he talks about going through a book, it, this is intensive labor in preaching and studying the word. Yeah. So I, I just Thank think it's you. good for no, I people to hear that. that yeah. It's not like you just said, oh, I was reading my devotion yesterday, <laughs> you know, type of thing. This Thank is you. This is hard yeah. study. Yeah. And uh, I
1: laugh at my, my notebooks because I've had the privilege to preach through all four gospels and I've loved it. But by the time you finish and you're you're developing this, mm. you're at that season of life where you start to have notebooks this thick <laughs> with uh, 400 pages of notes. That's, that's what I have on each of the gospels, if not more. But you come upon the word loved. It is the first mm. instance of appearance in John's gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's critical. In, in the same way, when you go back to Genesis and you read about love, where's the first time the word occurs? It's with Abraham's mm-hmm. love for his son Isaac that he's about to sacrifice. Well, what that became a picture of what we are reading here. And um, John is called the apostle of love Uh, So this is the first of 37 uh, times in John that the word uh, is used. And uh, then in the first John, 31 times the word is used. By a two-to-one ratio, it it comes more in John's writings between the gospel and first John than any other Uh New Testament epistle. But catch the word and understand the significance. This should
0: jump out about God's love. Uh For us. Yeah. You know? And I feel like today we have two extremes with preachers. You have all fire and brimstone. God is all about wrath, wrath, wrath. Everything's wrath. And, and there's some truth in yeah, it. Yeah, And then you have the other ones that, you know, they come to church in a tank top and <laughs> yeah. they're $5,000 shoes and they're like, God is love. All he wants to do is love you. And, you know, and you have these two extremes, yeah. but I, that's why I love This passage, because we're seeing God's love, we're going to see his justice, but God's love for us is so great Mm, mm -hmm. that he gave his one and only son. Um, That's why Christmas time, you know, we give presents partly, the reason why, Mm -hmm. because God gave the greatest gift ever, but uh, God's love, and I love anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's it's offered to all, just not Jews. It's offered to all people can be saved. By putting their faith in Jesus Christ. So by believing, placing their faith in Jesus Christ, they will be born from above, born again. That's right. They will become part of the spiritual kingdom of God, and they will be given eternal life Mm -hmm. and will one day enter the physical kingdom. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Uh, All the Pharisees, the Sadducees, most of these groups were all about judgment. Mm -hmm. They loved just judging Mm. sinners. Um, They just were kind of always waiting to put the hammer down. Yeah. But Jesus' first coming was so that he could go up on that cross as the Savior of the world and uh, offer salvation to the world. He became the uplifted servant, or serpent, so... I just, I just think it's really good for us to see Jesus saying, hey, I didn't come the first time to judge the world. That's right. Huh. I came here to offer my life. Uh, we're going to see. He's offering Israel the kingdom. That's right. And they're going to reject it. Mm-hmm. Glad for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, uh, I guess uh, millennium and all that, it, it would have changed everything, but uh, God knows. But um, Jesus then points out the flip side, though. If Mm -hmm. you don't believe what happens to people, and this is probably a warning. He says, anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. Once again, it goes back to that historical illustration. Those who refuse to look at the snake Mm -hmm. because they were too stubborn or they said, that's Mm -hmm. not what God would do. Mm. Those who reject God's plan, um, they won't be saved. eternal damnation. Jesus then explains why those who reject him will be judged. Mm -hmm. This is the judgment, and this is why they'll be judged. The Mm -hmm. light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be the Sanhedrin that would condemn Jesus to death. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they love darkness more than light. Um, For anyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. How true is that? Yeah. Uh, we see that every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people even today avoid church. That's right. They avoid Christians. They mm-hmm. hate Christians. They they hate things that Christians stand for, traditional marriage, yeah. uh, one man, one woman. Yeah. Uh, anything basically that's Christian, the world will go at because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. Right. It shows their spiritual darkness. Yeah. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, mm-hmm. so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Yeah. And I think that verse kind of explains Nicodemus. I, mm-hmm. I think he's an honest seeker. I agree. Uh, and we're going to see that here. But then the passage just ends. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Is- I, I was like, what does Nicodemus say? At that point, does he say, Lord, I believe? Or, I know. You know, yeah. it's like, but John's, that's how John is. John it's like, like stay like, tuned.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's so much that's packed in here though. Oh, so
1: much. He's the lamb of God Mm -hmm. who takes away the sin of the world. And Mm. I I think that's an important part. Uh, Paul says, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God has this huge heart for all people to be saved, but if you reject the light of Mm. the world, a condemnation is coming. And um, you don't want to be there because the wrath of God poured out on someone. And then when you think of for all of eternity is a
0: fearful thought. Because it's really mercy that he sent Jesus. That was our chance. So he's like, hey, judgment is looming over all the world. I've sent my son, but that judgment will come. But that is not why Jesus solely came just to say, you sinners. (laughs) That's right. He came to seek and save the lost. So what happened to Nicodemus Um, after... This passage, well, he's seen three times in scripture, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, We just looked at his first meeting, so we don't have to go Mm -hmm. into that. Uh, The next time we see him is John 7. Um, In this passage, Nicodemus defends Jesus before the chief priest and the Pharisees. Mm. A lot of boldness. Yes. And then that's where they... Say, basically do you follow him too right and then um, they make the horrible statement you know that no prophet had come from the region and mm-hmm. they forgot about Jonah that's right and so forth but uh so he was taking a lot of heat that's okay right. it's I don't I don't think he's some silent silent follower we know Joseph Joseph of Arimathea um, was probably a silent follower because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it says he was scared of them yeah. but we don't see that with Nicodemus right. so uh once again we have to remember the Bible and we both agree with this isn't a biography you know if this was a biography they would go over everything with nicodemus right. the moments this is all the story of god's redemption That's his right. kingdom yeah um the focus is much different from reading just for pleasure absolutely um so the final time we see uh nicodemus is after jesus's crucifixion in john 19 mm-hmm. uh, nicodemus identified with jesus by going with joseph and bearing the body of his lord which was lifted up on mm-hmm. The cross, mm-hmm. once again, very bold. Uh, who wants to go to Rome and say, "Hey, that guy you just executed for saying that he's a king? May I have his body and honor it?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, a lot of courage. Uh, it took a lot of yeah. courage. So um now we're going to roll into the application. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can we take from this historical narrative and apply in our lives? I think the biggest problem, or not, maybe not the biggest, but one thing with christians is a lot of times they don't take narratives and then see what they can apply from it mm-hmm. it's almost like it's a good story that's right you know this is yeah. a good that was entertaining now to the next thing let's go to paul to learn all theology yeah where we can learn so much from mm-hmm. these passages these narratives how can we take it and turn this knowledge into wisdom let's look at two simple things mm-hmm. first of all jesus Redirected the physical to the spiritual. Mm. The unsaved Nicodemus was an honest seeker who was focused on spiritual or on, sorry, focused on physical things yeah. such as signs and wonders. Yeah. Jesus readjusted Nicodemus's mindset by redirecting the conversation to spiritual things yeah. by using physical examples. So it's almost like he met him where he was at mm-hmm. and then tried to explain it to the spiritual side. Yeah. And I think a question everyone needs to ask themselves: Am I like Jesus, who redirects conversations from the physical to the spiritual? Um, that takes a lot of guts, you know. When people are talking about sports, That's right you know, or people talking about the weather, how can I take this conversation and turn it to things of God, things mm-hmm. that matter?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, a thought that all who listen to this podcast need: Have I practiced witnessing to my friends, coworkers, and neighbors by readjusting the conversation from something? physical, like weather, sports, whatever, to the spiritual. Point. That's right. So that's one thing we really need to work on. Hmm. And then uh, the second is Jesus said you must be born again. Yeah. And maybe some people listen to this podcast are not saved. That's right. Um, maybe you're a seeker, maybe you're like Nicodemus, you, you have all this knowledge about God, you have all this knowledge about Jesus mm-hmm. or the Old Testament or the New Testament, but they're just facts. Uh, Jesus told Nicodemus how to be born again. Mm-hmm. By believing on Jesus, he would be reborn. By placing one's faith in Jesus, mankind is born again or born a second time via the Holy Spirit and given an everlasting yeah. life. It's by believing that he came, lived that perfect life, fulfilled the law. Um, and it's by understanding that he took all of our sins upon himself and was the final offering for that as the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and that he then even had victory over the grave and rose again. By placing our faith in Jesus, we are born again. You don't have to do anything either. It's just faith.
1: I think that's just uh, to chime in here. You go throughout John's gospel, and a word that's missing, it's an interesting word to be missing in the 21-chapter book, is the word repent. Mm. We believe in repentance. uh, Most certainly we do. The Bible often talks about repentance, but why not here in John's gospel? And I listen to people explain repentance, and it almost goes to the extent of a human work these days uh, where there's you got to repent of every sin and you've got to repentance in the bible uh, i believe for salvation and i think it's part of the belief in christ is anything that's keeping you from understanding that jesus is god or anything that's keeping you from believing in him you need to repent from that. Yeah. And, and, but that's part of the belief system because the spirit is going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Yeah. Uh, so I, I couldn't agree with you more. The emphasis on belief in this way to be born again is John's theme uh, throughout and I just think we need to see that when someone truly uh, places his or her faith in the yeah. finished work of Christ, because Christ took all of our sin upon himself, and understanding that he was raised from the dead, that person
0: um, has been born again. And it seems God. like that faith and repentance just work together. Yeah, hand absolutely. Hand, absolutely. Where I think people overemphasize, you know, it's the whole lordship. Movement, you know, yeah. you must first do this. It's like kind of like a five step plan. It know? is, it is, very and, much and so. It's, it's once again our human philosophy. You must repent first of all, do this, and then you come by faith. And then it's like all these steps, or it's just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Yeah. Um, thief on the cross, <laughs> you know, uh we just see and we just over there's a complicate. lot that's read in, there's, there's a lot so that's read into
1: the plan of salvation. Yeah. And I think we should be grieved over that wow. because you just have to work with the text. Yeah. And if we work with the text, I think we'd be given an accurate yeah. presentation. Yeah. So,
0: uh, yeah. So I guess, I guess old Nicodemus wasn't saved because uh, Jesus didn't use that famous word. You must repent right now. Exactly. And so uh, it's just, it, it, I think it's just people often look for, I don't know, their philosophy and casting on scripture. But mm-hmm. uh, let's continue. Sure. So, um, uh, Obviously, we do repent, but Mm -hmm. it works together with faith. And it's just, you know, don't blow it up. Yeah. So am I truly born again? Have I placed my faith in Jesus the Christ? Yeah. And that's what the final question is. Have I put my faith in him? Mm -hmm. If you have, you're saved. Mm -hmm. You're sealed. You're promised that you are going to go into that physical kingdom. You are part of the spiritual kingdom. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Um, So if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. A thought, though, am I like Nicodemus who is smart, Mm -hmm. successful, and religious, yet I've not been born again? Um, This week, and here's a challenge I Mm -hmm. wrote down. Uh, This week, I will direct at least three conversations from physical things to spiritual things. Use wisdom when you Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're talking to someone, if they're saying, hey, do you see the football game? Say... You must be born again, you know, <laughs> use wisdom with how you yeah. do it, but yeah. uh, have the courage to speak up. Mm-hmm. Now to answer our main question that you asked, mm. how did Jesus talk about spiritual things to unsaved seekers? Mm. Jesus used physical earthly examples to yeah. make a spiritual point. That's right. He used the imagery of physical birth as an illustration of spiritual rebirth or being born again. Mm-hmm. He also used the wind as an illustration of the Holy Spirit. He used the historical narrative of Moses lifting up the serpent as the springboard to his own crucifixion. Mm -hmm. By using earthly and physical illustrations, Nicodemus began to grasp the spiritual significance of Jesus's words. Mm -hmm. And and I say that because too many Christians jump right into Christian lingo Mm -hmm. when they explain the gospel to the unsaved, Mm -hmm. without taking the time and thoughtfulness to use illustrations that can help. That's right. Um, always stick to scripture, but use illustration, choose whatever you can to make the spiritual a little bit more comprehensive. You it, start s- you saying righteousness and yeah. wrath and just I, people are gonna be like, oh, well, yeah. okay, you know, so. In our country, we become biblically illiterate, and, and
1: I don't say mm. that uh, to condemn anyone, but we have to be mindful of that, that 30, 40 years ago, when you had a general conversation <laughs> yeah. about the Bible, most people had Mm -hmm. some understanding. Today, many have no understanding. So you have to do what Jesus did with Nicodemus. You got to really give illustrations that
0: drive the truth home. And as someone who teaches a lot of children, Mm -hmm. I've learned the simpler I can make it, the better it is. Yeah, I hear all these, well, not all, because you have many good preachers and teachers but the best ones are the ones who can make it simple that's right i think the worst are these high flute ones who yeah you listen to it like 50 times and you're like that was so complicated you know mm-hmm. and you have to write a paper on it just that's to right. digest a statement yeah where i think as a teacher especially how can i make the gospel as simple as possible keeping true to the word mm-hmm. being accurate but make it as simple and that's exactly. what jesus did he did he used birth and wind. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much more simpler can I get to exactly. that? Um, That was podcast number eight, Jesus Talks with Nicodemus, which is taken from John 3, 1 through 21. Next time, we have a very different passage. Mm-hmm. Jesus isn't going to speak directly, but we're going to see Jesus It will be working in harmony with John the Baptist in the same yeah. region until John is arrested and Jesus must move on. He could yeah. even say Jesus flees the area. That's right. So that will be uh, our next podcast. So... We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Mm